the Honorable Judge Dave Kinchin presiding, ladies and gentlemen. All rise. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Well, I am in a way. Uh, <laughs> jury duty again, right here. Again, second time in a year, I think. Or second time in a little over a year. Jury duty once again. No, I know. I know it's my civic duty. I know, and I'm all for civic duty. I just, you know, I, I it's just, it's bizarre to me because you have, uh, you have 1.5 million people in the city, and and you know, I've lived in in jurisdictions uh, with a much smaller population. I don't think I ever got jury duty in Michigan. You know, I lived in how big is Oakland County? Is it 300,000? Eh, no, it's it's probably 500,000 people. I don't know, but I never got jury duty once there. Genesee County, uh, not once. Ingham County, uh, there's probably, well, there's 45,000 Michigan State students, and then East Lansing's population on top of that, um, maybe 200,000 people in, in uh, Ingham County. I ne Not once. Not once got jury duty, as far as I can remember, you know? And I've had it now twice, and, and, and on top of that, and I, by the way, I'm not necessarily complaining, folks. I'm just just sort of surprised. Uh, twice in a year, and on on top of that, I witnessed a crime. I was reporting on you know the whole debate about statues being torn down, that whole thing. The Frank Rizzo statue, controversial Philly mayor and Philly police commissioner um, from way back when, passed away years ago. Statue was erected about 20, uh, 21 years ago or so across from City Hall. So this guy spray paints uh, something on it, and, you know, we catch him in the act, and, of course, we talk to police, give a statement. You know, again, doing what we have to do. Uh, that, But, you know, I was called as a witness, and they kept, uh, I guess the defense had kept pushing it back, and, you know, I, I kept getting subpoenas and, um, uh, you know, on and on and on, and, and you know, no, I got three, with three of them, and, they, you know, you show up and the, the, they cancel it because of... Uh, you know, court proceedings and such. Eventually, the guy pled out or, you know, uh, got a plea deal. The charges, actually, the charges were dropped, and uh, he just did some community service. But anyway, I mean, in fact, one day I had jury duty the same day, the first time, I had jury duty the same day I, wit I was called as a witness for that situation. So I'm going to court for two different things. And obviously, the... the uh, Witness, me being called for a witness in a case superseded the jury duty, but wow. So we're doing that again. Um, there's a questionnaire. Uh, let us see. Let's look at these questions. Um, have you been convicted of a crime punishable by imprisonment of more than one year? No, thankfully. Uh, this does not include traffic tickets. Oh, thank God. <laughs> well, parking tickets, really. Um, I think I only get one traffic ticket in my life. I don't know. Um, uh, this, no, no, there's been, okay, a few, but anyway, um, uh, not, not, I, three, okay, three. <laughs> By the way, this is, this is Confessions, <laughs> Confessions with Dave Kinchin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a new show on the Dave Kinchin Media Network. <laughs> No, it's Dave Kinchin tonight. Uh, welcome to the show. It's Dave Kinchin tonight as we do the opener, uh, the ID, almost four minutes into our, our uh, recording here. Um, 
I, I don't know. I crack myself up sometimes. Um, okay, so this does not include traffic tickets uh, and cases resulting in admission into diversionary programs not resulting in convictions such as ARD. I don't know what that is. Uh, can you read and write and understand the English language on a good day? Yes. Um, can you mentally and physically provide, uh, properly perform, I'm misreading English right there, so I can't. Um, uh, can you mentally and physically properly perform the functions of a juror? Uh, I think so, yes. Uh, are you a U.S. citizen? Yes. Anyway, so the questions, it's a questionnaire. Um, listen, folks, we have to participate in our democracy. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm just, you know, again, I'm just like, wow, that's really, f I mean, that, that came around quick. Um, huh? Somebody at the courthouse punishing? No, they're not punishing me. No. Of course not. I don't think. No, no. Don't even don't even put that thought. The producers there coming up with stuff. Don't stop saying stuff like that. No, they they no. That would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, somebody you don't like, somebody who doesn't like you works at the uh, the the court, and you know, just to mess with you, they issue several uh, calls for jury duty. Oh, that would be awful. No, we don't believe that. Anyway, folks, welcome to the show. Um, it's the midweek show, uh, which we do usually on a Wednesday or Thursday, somewhere in the middle of the week. Uh, we've got some big news. Joe Biden, of course, jumped into the campaign uh, for 2020 in the presidency. Um, so we're going to look at that. Um, the current president uh, had a, a pithy tweet, so we'll talk about all of that. Uh, some polling that shows... Uh, uh, Former Vice President Biden leading President Trump by eight percentage points in a hypothetical 2020 general. So uh, well, that's interesting there. Of course, it is going to be a muddy and messy, messy Democratic primary. Uh, so many people running uh, the progressives, the uh, kind of the old guard as well. Uh, the old guard chiefly being uh, Joe Biden, I would think. Um, and I'm not saying that because he's. He's uh, in his mid-70s. That's not why I'm saying that. Uh, or I think uh, mid to late. Anyway, uh, we've got all of that on the show and uh, more. It's Dave Kinchin tonight. Thanks so much for being on the show. And, uh, you know, we're just getting started. So this is when things got interesting. Joe Biden gets in the race as, as predicted. Of course, nobody was... No, no one was surprised by that. What's interesting to me is uh, how this is going to shape up with uh, the young people and the, you know, some of the more progressive candidates in the race um, and just, you know, voters, members of the electorate that um, especially younger people who, who love Joe Biden as, you know, they called him Uncle Joe, you know, during the um, in his time as vice president. You know, he would go to college campuses. Biden was so popular even uh, even after um leaving the vice presidency, a very popular guy. Um, but, you know, more and more younger folks, including some of the first time voters uh, moved by AOC, um, moved by Katie Hill, moved by so many other um, uh, modern progressive younger members of Congress in the current uh, class in Washington. Um, you know, there you, you, I'm wondering how he's going to do with younger voters. Um, the old, okay, the Democratic Guard, you know, the old, I say the old guard, but you know, the, the longtime Democrats, uh, some of the more moderate Democrats or just, you know, more uh, old school folks or, you know, 
probably going to support Biden more than anyone, more than anyone else, I'm guessing, or maybe not. They could go for Booker. They could go for Kamala Harris. Who knows? But um, but the younger progressives, I mean, I was Twitter was on fire uh, with reaction. You know, uh, Bob Casey, uh, senator from Pennsylvania, uh, announcing his support for uh, Biden. And uh, but some of the the uh, younger, more progressive uh, uh, strategists, I guess you can say, and, and just folks who, you know, you look at their Twitter, social media profiles, they call themselves progressives and they were, you know, bring it bringing up a lot of things of uh, Biden, uh, you know, supporting the, the uh, crime bill, 94 crime bill, um, you know, uh, doing what they consider to be a vote against Anita Hill uh, or working against Anita Hill. Um, you know, a lot of things that, that were brought up, some in meme form, um, some just in, in old video uh, interviews and things like that that came up in video pieces. So uh, Joe Biden's Twitter account, um, he said, uh, or whoever put this together on his page, the core values of this nation are standing in the world, our very democracy, everything that has made America, America is at stake. This is why today I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States, hashtag Joe 2020. Now, he did it on a video. Um, and by the way, he has a big fundraiser with uh, a lobbyist for Comcast, a big fundraiser that will have uh, several members of, of Congress, largely from Pennsylvania. Um, uh, former Mayor Michael Nutter will be there. Um, I believe uh, Senator Bob Casey will be there. So there's, there's he's already courting the, the big... Uh, deep pocket donors as well. So that's something that some of the more, you know, the Bernie Sanders crowd and others, more progressive candidates will probably uh, criticize him for guessing if they haven't already. But then again, some of the more traditional uh, folks in the Democratic Party might say, well, that those are the folks, you know, the big donors are always a part of the process. So that's that's something there. So this video uh, the video that he, that Biden put out, um, he announced. Actually, you know, it was interesting. There was a warning. Um, you know, his his team was warned that it would be a bad idea to announce his presidential campaign on the same day as a forum focusing on, on women of color. This is from CNN. Uh, Biden's team had con- considered releasing a video announcing his 2020 campaign on Wednesday, the same day as the She the People presidential candidate forum according to two sources who had conversations with aides to the former vice president. The She the People event is focused on issues affecting women of color, a core constituency of the Democratic Party. Um, So, you know, perhaps that was the reason it was moved uh, to Thursday. Of course, this being Thursday and and the video was announced, uh, went out about eight o'clock this morning, I think is seven, eight o'clock or so this morning is when I saw it posted online. And in the video, he, he really jumps into Charlottesville. And uh, this was really the backdrop of, he talks about America's greatness. He talks about, um, you know, who we are as, as a nation and, and our values. Um, but the backdrop of really the mention is Charlottesville. And, of course, he talks about the, the uh, horrible um, riots and, 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 and clashes in Charlottesville. And he uh, criticizes President Trump for what he had said before what, what President Trump had been criticized over many times, uh, which was uh, by, by members of both parties, where he said there were very fine people on both sides. 
which is pretty much the quote now. And, and Biden said that in the video and, you know, the video we tweeted out, you can watch it. Um, you know, sometimes we play audio here. Other times, you know, we just to keep the program moving. We got a lot of stuff in the stack of things to cover here. So we just to keep it moving, we summarize it, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. So it's on the you've probably seen it. You probably heard different snippets of it, but it's it's we tweeted it out. It's on Joe Biden's Twitter page. It's about a three minute video or so. I think about three minutes, three and a half, something like that. And now one of the interesting conversations is, um, you know, some folks were on both sides of the aisle were kind of opining, you know, gee, you know, that's an interesting thing to, to come away with. You know, uh, he said when he heard or, or uh, an interesting thing to start your your campaign video with, you know, an interesting theme. Um, the incident uh, to about two years old, almost, I think, two years old, uh, 2017. And um, Biden had said that when when President Trump drew a moral equivalence between those who were fighting against racism, against neo-Nazis, against white supremacy, uh, compared, said that there was a, a moral equivalence with, with the people against that crowd and the people who were in the crowd of racists and so on and so forth, that he knew that's when the very soul of the country was at stake. I'm paraphrasing. This is what Joe Biden said, though, although I'm, I, I'm, paraphrasing it here. Now you have Republicans or conservatives or people who just seem to talk about when things are kind of spliced or when they, they feel things are spliced saying, well, Trump was talking about when he said very fine people on both sides, he's talking, he's praising the people who are against uh, racism, the people who are, the brave people who are standing against the neo-Nazis, against the 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 white supremacist supremacist you know the tiki torch guys you know the white supremacist it's been a long day folks uh white supremacy okay standing against the white uh supremacist and and what the people who defend trump say is that the other group he was praising were people who wanted the statue of robert e lee to remain and they were saying that the, many of the people who want the statue to remain are pro-history. They're not pro-racism. They're not pro-Confederacy. They just want to preserve history. So that's what many of the supporters of President Trump who kind of took Joe Biden to task over this have said, that when Trump said very fine people, he's talking about, yes, the fine people, the people who were opposed to uh, white supremacy, the people who were opposed to the neo-Nazis and everything, uh, and also talking about the people who want to keep the statue, but don't identify and agree with the neo-Nazis and the racists, you know, is, is what they're saying. So that's, that was kind of the dialogue today. If you listened to or just watched what was on social media and just what was reported in the media, that was kind of just a, a snapshot of it. Um, so it, it, that was Biden's message uh, there. And uh, again, it was, uh, you know, criticized by some folks, but it was also defended by uh, many people who endorse uh, Biden and, and, and quite frankly, people who, uh, you know, well-known, uh, you know, people in the political uh, world who, who have signed on right away to endorsing uh, Joe Biden. I think a few members of Congress and we talked about uh, Senator Bob Casey. He put out this tweet. Uh, he said, uh, at this make or break moment for the middle class, our children and our workers 
America needs Vice President Joe Biden to be its next president. And then there's a Facebook link uh, to um, uh, Senator Casey's uh, full statement. Of course, President Trump weighed in and President Trump, uh, you know, had his nickname uh, for Joe Biden, uh, former Vice President Biden. And uh, President Trump said this in an early tweet. Welcome to the race, Sleepy Joe, the nickname there. I only hope you have the intelligence. Uh, I only hope you have the intelligence long in doubt to wage a successful primary campaign. It will be nasty. You will be dealing with people who truly have some very sick and demented ideas. But if you make it, I will see you at the starting gate. So um, is that an endorsement by Trump uh, of Biden? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Sort of a, uh, you know, in some ways, some people might say that's as nice as it gets. Other people might say, well, you know, that's pretty much it. Um, so that was... Uh, that was a big development. Uh, you know, his tweet was one of the one of his many tweets making headline news. In, in addition to uh, Trump talking more about the Russia investigation and no collusion and, and, and uh, all of that uh, there. The Hill has a story um, that I found interesting. It says uh, former Vice President Biden leads President Trump by eight percentage points in a hypothetical 2020 general elect- an election matchup, according to uh, Morning Consult political poll. Uh, so a new poll by Morning Consult slash Politico uh, says that uh, Biden uh, leads Trump by eight percentage points in a hypothetical 2020 general election. The poll released Wednesday, so before the announcement came, but not before an unexpected annou- announcement, uh, shows Biden with uh, the support of 42 percent of registered voters in the potential matchup, while Trump is backed by 34 percent of voters. Another 19 percent uh, said they are not sure who they would support and five percent said they would not vote so um you know you're gonna if anything comes down to as close as things were uh in 2016 you really have to wonder about people who may not vote and what they're thinking there uh, so anyway uh biden is in and uh he, he says by the way that uh he wants um you know he was asked about an endorsement, uh, seeking the endorsement of President Obama, he said, Biden said he wants whoever wins this nomination to do it on their own. So uh, so that was interesting, too. Uh, so that's kind of the big political headline uh, for the day. Oh, I don't know if you saw this. This is another crazy story. We've been following this whole measles thing. It's been breaking out in several parts of the country. Of the, country. the AP had a a breaker, as we call it in the business, breaking news, a quarantine order has been issued for students and staff at two L.A. universities who may have been exposed to measles and either have not been vaccinated or can't verify that they have immunity. The University of California, Los Angeles, says that as of Wednesday, there were 119 students and eight faculty members under quarantine. The number of those quarantined at California State University, Los Angeles, is not immediately known. UCLA says some people could remain in uh, quarantines for up to 48 hours before uh, they uh, they prove immunity. A few may need to remain in quarantine for up to seven days. You know, a lot of this stuff, mumps has been coming back around too. you know, you have to wonder, we have a debate, uh, a renewed debate, it never really, really went away, but a renewed debate about um, uh, vaccines in this country. Um, in fact, 
many health departments are recommending, especially for mumps, that you get a, a later uh, shot or a later uh, vaccination. There's also a test you can do uh, to determine whether you, your body still has the antibodies. So part of that whole immunity thing, I'm sure for measles, there's a test, too, that um, doctors may be recommending that says um, take this test to see if after the the MMR vaccination you got many years ago, mumps, measles, and rubella, that you still have the the capability to fight off any sort of infection. So that's a big thing we're watching as well, because um, it, it it's you know this is scary stuff uh, when it spreads when it spreads around. So some of the headlines that we're watching for you on uh, this midweek. So some thoughts on Biden getting in the race. By the way, that's the AC you may hear. They're a little bit faintly in the background. This studio gets really hot. So uh, we just we always run the air. It's it's just, uh, you know, uh, you just have to because otherwise we burn to a crisp. Um, one thing it does do is, is kind of uh, insulate from the, the street uh, noise, which, you know, I don't mind as being part of the show. Um, but sometimes it's not just horns and people walking by. It's fights and things like that going on. And I'm sure it would make for great ratings if the fight spilled into the studio and we were narrating it. But it wouldn't be great for public safety. So we keep the doors locked uh, and other security measures here at the uh, at the studios on Market Street. Just so just so people know. Uh, in, in case there was ever any question about that, I don't think there would be, but in case. So some people have said, I was listening to just some of the national discussion, some people said that it wasn't a smart move for Biden to get into the race so late, that the money would dry up and, and so on and so forth. And you do have, what, you know, what's the official number? Is it is it 30 people yet running for president on the Democratic side? Um, but you would think that if you're in Biden's inner circle, that the money's there. You know, there's a war chest, old money, but also the donors are there. The Cohen dinner, the, the, the um, lobbyist over, uh, the Comcast lobbyist, right? Uh, they, they've called him. Uh, you know, the big dinner there. Uh, you know, a who's who. What, what's the cost per plate? Is it two grand? I thought I saw two grand somewhere. Don't quote me on that. I, I've got to find that. I, of course, it's in a different stack of uh, stuff here, a stack of papers. But anyway, um, you would have to believe that, you know, Biden was making sure and putting all of that in order if it wasn't in order already. So the, the other part of it is, I mean, I have to say there was more made in terms of news coverage, it seemed, of this presidential announcement than most of the others so far. Now, uh, some what's really interesting about this dynamic so far is... You have a lot of people that would otherwise be considered long shots. I mean, uh, um, Mayor Pete, I'm going to try it here. But but a judge, I think is how you say it. I just call it. We you know. I mean, I, that's that's the transliteration literally on his Twitter page, and that's how I've heard people say it. Um, that's how I heard. Uh, yeah, I I, don't, I haven't heard him actually say it once. Actually, I think I did. Um, I'd have to go back. But they call him Mayor Pete, so Mayor Pete wants to be President Pete. Mayor of a town about uh, of about a hundred thousand people, and by the way, there's some tapes out there, and this is a story that we need to dig into a little bit more. There's uh, some tapes involving um, a, a former chief of police uh, and some statements that were made concerning uh, you know, some what some believe to be racist statements that were made, and 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 how 
some people felt the chief mishandled it. So the chief had uh, originally ag- the, 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 the there were there's reporting that says that the mayor uh, Mayor Pete uh, asked the chief to resign and that the chief resigned and then he later um, rescinded his resignation and things became hostile in South Bend, Indiana city government. So we, we've got to follow this. This is something that's kind of coming up. This is something that's been out there uh, in the Indiana media, but these are the, the sort of things that bubble up to the surface. So we're, we're going to um, look at that, research that a little bit, and maybe talk about that uh, Sunday night. But that, that's some, one of the things coming up. Everybody has something that kind of comes up. You know, with Biden, people are talking about the crime bill uh, and uh, 94 and their and his uh, his involvement in the Patriot Act and so on and so forth. So, you know, everybody has things that kind of bubble up to the surface. But otherwise, um, a, a mayor of a relatively small city uh, receiving this much attention for a presidential bid is relatively rare. There's another mayor um, in Florida uh, who's running uh, for president he's been doing some uh, town halls, a distant candidate. And, you know, you've got uh, uh, a member of Congress from Ohio. Um, there's another member of Congress who jumped in. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's too many to list right now, but, you know, we'll, we'll list them as they start, you know, getting to the higher tier of things, especially because, um, you know, it's just, it takes a while to run down a large list like that. But the interesting thing about it is, you're seeing a lot of coverage given to people who normally, even at this early stage, if they're polling very low, would not get that kind of bump. But I think what you're seeing is with social media and how even a known, a virtual no-name candidate can build 100,000 followers, you know, and, and keep climbing that changes things, you know, their, their presence on social media changes things. That is going to be a big narrative here in terms of helping build uh, name recognition and, and, and that, that type of situation. But there's always been this dynamic that running for president is something you put on the resume, you know, a former presidential candidate. If you poll high enough in those early debates that'll start coming around, uh, that's something for the resume that raises your stock, uh, depending on how you get along with the eventual nominee of your party. And if they win, you may get a cabinet post or you may be someone if you endorse that candidate. If you're not successful, this is way down the line, of course. Uh, you know, you have some political capital of your own uh, to, to be part of the team that supports the nominee or the eventual nominee. So there's there's a lot of value in that part of it, too. Um I can't see uh, this time around the eventual nominee being a person that we haven't heard of in the last so so long and forever. But I could be wrong about that, you know, and, and that's kind of what's interesting. about. I mean, obviously, President Obama, you know, before he gave the um, keynote at the DNC in 2004, uh, you had... Uh, you know, nobody had heard of him before. He was a, a, you know, part-time state lawmaker that, you know, maybe a few people in Chicago heard of, and that was about it. And then eight years later, he's uh, elected president. Uh, four years later, four years later from that, he was elected president. So, 
Um, you, you do. It's true. You never know. Um, the Castro brothers or Julian Castro, uh, former mayor of uh, San Antonio, worked in the Obama administration um, towards the bottom tier of candidates, but um, very popular. Will he be, uh, you know, it could be him. Could he be the nominee? Could anybody, you know, you don't, you don't know. It could be anybody. Uh, could he be a vice presidential nominee? Could some of the other candidates be on a short list for vice president? These are all the things you, you know, you start to wonder about um, and think of, at least, you know, if you're a nerd like me, you start thinking about these things early. Hmm. Suppose it worked this way. Well, what about, what if it worked that way? Um, that, you know, so it, it, it does get very interesting. Uh, so that's kind of the latest on the political front. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to keep an eye on all of that because that's what we do. We'll talk a lot more about it. Uh, Sunday night, we'll look at, uh, kind of as the dust settles, where the field is. Um, what we'll do is, uh, cause I, I was, you know, we, we had that one poll that came out. I thought was interesting. The whole eight point advantage, uh, that, um, Biden had over, uh, Trump, uh, according to, um, Oh, where is it? We just had it. Uh, Eight-point lead that Biden had, uh, according to the Morning Consult political, Politico poll. Uh, but I, I felt like, you know, getting into too many numbers wouldn't really be fair to anybody because, it, you know, this, this announcement just happened. So by Sunday night, the dust will settle a little bit. We'll look at some fundraising numbers. And uh, I think now, and, and this is really what I've been waiting for on this show, is I wanted, you know, the, the candidate who, who we all thought and who I'm sure he thought would be the last one to get in, Joe Biden, um, he, he, we were waiting for that sort of last shoot to drop in terms of the Democratic field, not to say that there might not be others. Um, but overall, I think we, we can do something with a little bit, we just want to make sure we're fair and, uh, or as fair as we can be and, and, and look at the numbers and fundraising and things like that with um, what looks to be a set field. You know? So we'll start, to, and again, I still think there might be some additions in there, but we can, we can kind of look at numbers and fundraising and, and, and be really nerdy, um, put on these glasses right here. Uh, look at me, you see them? They look good on me, don't they? I know it's radio. But you did look, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Don't lie. Yes, you did. You did. Okay. It's not radio. It's a podcast. But anyway, <laughs> it's an old radio joke. Look at me. <laughs> so that's uh, how we will uh, approach that. Uh, more numbers, more nerdiness, and more politics where we just report the facts and look at things from an unbiased angle, of course. That's what we do. Just like to analyze it and see kind of how things work. It's fun. Of course, we don't talk about just politics here. We talk about life. Yeah, we talk about life where, um, uh, you know, we've got here in Philly, we've got Sixers action, you know. Um, they're looking good. We've got, uh, you know, uh, it's only April and people are already getting a little nervous about the fills. It's only April. There's like, you know, how many games to play? Like 160? I don't even know what the, the number is, but I mean, gee, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah, just relax. It's fine. You know, and, and uh, you know, the Tigers, my, my hometown Tigers, you know, there's uh, some nervousness among some fans, but it's like, look, guys, it is early. It is early. People need to just relax. 
you know. But yeah, we'll talk about, you know, of course we talk about sports here, you know. Not as much as, you know, when the whole tournament was going on. Does that feel like a month? Doesn't that feel like, that was only, what, three weeks ago the tournament ended? That feels like two months ago, doesn't it? Right, I know, it does. It feels like two months ago. Uh, talking to our producer, you can't hear the producers here, but, um, you know, I can. And, um, and and I bear, I I will bear that pain for you. <laughs> Anyway, um, Dave Kinchin tonight getting back at it for the midweek edition of the show where we talk about everything, not just politics. We talk about general news, a lot of things going on in life. By the way, I want to mention just an uh, interesting story. or It's, it's a sad story, but what, you know, the last couple of days I was up in Bethlehem, PA. Um, uh, Iglesia uh, Pentecostal Church, was um, there was a, a fire there. And uh, it was local authorities, they called it arson. There was a second fire that happened, a much smaller fire that happened. Um, that one hasn't necessarily been considered arson officially. Um, that cause is unknown, but uh, there's a lot of questions. ATF had been up there. Um, this is a, a largely Hispanic church. I talked with the daughter of the pastor there. Some really wonderful people uh, in that community who are hurting because of this this house of worship that's caught fire twice and one of the great things i saw today that i just i, I thought was really special is the um the pastor of uh, first presbyterian church in bethlehem uh, will open their doors for sunday services for the um the uh, pentecostal the iglesia pentecostal congregation to have services there and you know it's just a reminder of the great things happening in uh, the world, obviously not the fire, but um, people who reach out and support other people and community coming together. And I just, I don't know, I just thought that was a really precious thing to see. And uh, it was really an honor to, to kind of help report that story. Again, you know, the investigation's ongoing, you know, they will certainly find who did all this and we don't know the why of it, but um, but just a, a great to see one uh, house of worship opening their doors uh, to another, you know, and uh, I don't know. It was just it was just a really touching thing to see. Uh, so wanted to leave you with that note. Hope you have a great rest of the week. We will talk on Sunday. Until then, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you, and uh, uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> what does that mean anyway? <laughs> What's the, what's that thing? Oh, the, oh, the music's playing. I can't tell you what that would mean. Okay. Oh, well, I'm out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time. So <laughs> until Sunday night, have a great rest of your week.